This is the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. Alec Bradley is a name that loads of cigar smokers know well, but fewer know that there isn't actually a guy named Alec Bradley behind the brand. The name refers to two brothers, Alec and Bradley, who are the sons of the company's founder, Alan Rubin. While the name might not have referred to anyone in the cigar business at first, that's starting to change. So, our publisher Eric Calvino sat down with Alan Rubin to talk about his company, what's new in the Alec Bradley portfolio, and the cigar project that the now adult Alec and Bradley have taken on. Before we start that interview, though, a word from our sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra Rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra Rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra Rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio, but it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra Rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A rum safra rum always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra here's eric's chat with alan rubin so alan uh thanks for joining me bro thanks for uh, (laughs) there's not even a choice i know you uh, we go back a long way yeah yeah we go back to the uh the early early days of cigar snob i'm gonna ask away on anything you need man you know that yeah so again thanks though yeah because you're a busy man and uh I know that you got your your kids working here now. Yeah, you've been uh, been cracking that whip, <laughs> but uh, but but I know I still see I still see that you're you're hustling still. Uh, I mean, there's no way there's no way to stop. There's no reason to stop what you love. Yeah, like there's it, it doesn't make sense. And you know, people have asked me, oh, Alec and Bradley now in the business is this you know your succession plan? And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> they're adding. We're adding. We're not like. You know, add two and get rid of one. It's not working that way. I love it, and I have nothing else to do. i got to ask you a very quick question, though, Um I'm guessing you've done... I mul- won't have sex with you today because i got, I got to run, but... Well, so I'm flying as well, so I get it. Oh, but I wait do a have, second. There's, there's maybe... No, 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 I'm no yeah, sorry that would only be the quarter-mile club. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> quarter-mile, I forget. <laughs> but I do have a question. I mean, I know you've done a lot of interviews... Uh, do you sit on everybody's lap, or am I just the lucky one here? I no, mean, dude. Listen, <laughs> when works. I said we go way back, it's way back in the back. This is by far the most <laughs> intimate interview I've done in a long time. 
I got mad love for you, bro. I, I, and I, I feel the I, love from you. And I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, man, you know, we've had a, a good history. We've had a lot of fun over the years. Yeah, for sure. How, it's still fun. You're still having fun. Okay, so that's a, you know, I have to tell you, that's a good question. It's a fair question. You know, I'm in it over 20 years. Yeah. And there was definitely a lull period, you know, after we got the number one thing. I mean, I was tired. You know, I was yeah, tired. You had some real health issues, bro. Yeah. I mean, I remember it got, yeah. it got really bad there for a moment. And, and I was pulled in so many directions, you know, coming into 2012, 2013. I was in a funk. And I would say I almost took a, a mental or emotional break. I was there. I was still doing what I do. But my, I was mentally and emotionally exhausted. It was a period of time. And then Alec came back, you know, and started working with us when he graduated school. And, and then it was like a way to kind of get me more involved. And Bradley, when he graduated from the university, he, he came in. And no, I always told him, there's no pressure for you guys to come work in, in the company. Uh, you know, you it's guys. Like your name is on the branding, but whatever. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> you know, I said to him, look, if you sell insurance and it makes you happy, because, you know, everyone needs insurance. Nobody needs cigars. But then again, nobody really wants insurance. Everyone you you know, wants, wants cigars. cigars. Yeah. So you have to decide kind of who you are and, and what drives you and whatever makes you want to get up, go do that. And, uh, and they both decided to come in. And when they both came in, some something switched something it just clicked in and I, and I said hey I have to kind of right all the wrongs that I know are taking place within the walls things that we can make better things we can improve on and I took I took last year to assess the entire literally six months of looking and assessing for our, our entire company from beginning to end and then formula took me three months after that uh, started February of last year Three months. I did six months, and then three months after that to formulate a plan. Three months after that to make sure that I had everything in line and everything was making sense and all the numbers. And and then in in 2018, we instituted like day one, jam one, basically. We instituted all these new plans that I put in place. I knew there was going to be resistance because change breeds resistance. People don't like change, and uh, and I got some resistance. I still get a little, but. When you say resistance, you're talking about internally in the company? Yeah, internally, like, hey, why are we doing this? We've always done it this way. You know, why can't I do this? And can I travel here and expenses? You know, just different things to make us, just to make us more efficient. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah, you get, yeah, you get into, you get into the groove of, a groove of things you've done. And then that's just the way it is. Doesn't make it right. Just means I've done it that way. So. Hey, everyone loves their platinum status. I get it. And, and But now, if you're going to go somewhere, you go with a purpose, yeah. with a reason, with a plan, with an agenda, and then an after-action report to tell me how it went. And But at the end, uh, end of first quarter, I mean, it happened immediately. End of first quarter, uh, Ralph said to me, hey, I said, how do we do? And I was a little nervous, like, hey, are all these plans going to take take effect? And he said, it's the first, you know, best quarter we've had in, in five years. So, oh, And God we've grown. Me. You don't say we were growing. It's yeah. not like we weren't, but the incremental growth. The, everything pertaining to the company and the strength because with FDA stuff going on, it, it, there could be fallout in a few years in this industry, unfortunately. Like, you're going to have to be strong. Yeah. You're going to have to be able to survive and comply and do these things unless we get some more victories. Um, and I just said, I, I'm not willing to go away. The company does have my kids' names on it. Yep. And they are in the business. They're second-generation cigar makers now. I've got to do everything possible to make sure we're we're here at the end. So it's been Good a stuff, been, been a cool time. 
And, I, and by the way, you know, when no, you ask see, me something. I see it in your face. You know, I, it wasn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't seeing that joy. Yeah. No, for I'm alive. For several years that. Yeah. Uh, be, several years I was there, tired. it was just, you were, you looked like you were beaten. I couldn't, you know, there were so many demands after we got the number one thing that I let a lot of things drop. I mean, I was just, I couldn't be everywhere. That was the big key. I could not be everywhere. You know, I had people from the Honduran consulate in, in D.C. ask me to come up and do dinners. I'm like, hey, I need to actually be in Honduras. And then the guy says, wait, you, you were supposed to do an event with me. I just, I didn't, I was getting caught up in the minutia of the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I, look, I made some mistakes, but I realized it and I've made those changes. And I think we're producing the best cigars we've ever made. We are the most efficient company we've ever been. And people are, people are in it, man. I mean, my group, I'm going to tell you, the guys that I work with, the girls that I work with, the ladies that are with, I mean, everybody is so in it. They're so passionate about it. And that drives me. Yeah. So. So then, uh, you know, getting back to the fun, which in our case is smoking cigars. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was walking by and an old friend of mine who works for your company handed me this magic toast. Alec Bradley magic toast. Yeah. And it's like, magic toast? What are we talking about? We like, like, is this a special honey we put on toast that makes it magical? Because there's like a bee on the box? Or what are we talking? Where is the magic toast? Or, you know, as soon as you hold it, I think it just becomes magical in itself. I think that. Well, I have to shift over to the other knee so that I can start feeling the magic again. Because I think. Nobody see me or is that just your magic toast? Right. <laughs> Let's make a magic toast to you and the feeling I have right now. Um, yeah, so. Uh, and we talked a little bit, you, know, you and I, just a couple minutes ago, kind of just a general stuff. But we've somehow we've gone to this somewhat traditional direction as a company. We've had some success there, so we kind of stayed there in look and feel. But there, there's stuff I like. You know, there's I don't want to be there. I you know I'm a child at heart. So I just wanted to I just want to do what I wanted to do, and I'm I'm done doing what I'm supposed to do. So if I see something I want to do creatively, I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to, you know, I know it has to have the brand. I just want to, I want to produce the cigars that I want to produce. I want it to look the way I want it to look. Um, we're still Alec Bradley, but man, I want more of my own ridiculous personality to come out and how I play with, you know, all, all the all the pranking we do. to want, I want to be able to have fun. And, and I was losing some of that in the scheme of things. I always cared most about the cigar, but... I want to just do it the way I want to do it. So Magic Toast was like a little way for me to do that. So, you, I mean, well, I, I mean, it looks it looks totally different from in terms of uh, the tobacco itself. Yeah, it looks very different. Yeah, it is definitely this uh, this thick, dark, uh, yeah. oily wrapper, and yeah. uh, and it comes across immediately when you when you fire it up. I, I will give you the thirty second version because the truth is, is people want to know the story. No one really gives a shit about the you know all the facts and figures and how much viso. No one. No, 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 that, no, no. It's not relevant. So we, we were supposed to go to a field uh, down in Central America. We were supposed to go to the fields the next day after I arrived. The next day after I arrived. And um, we ended up literally just driving directly to the fields. It was a long day. You know, it's a flight. It was, it was like a five-hour drive. And, and let's give people a little context. When you're flying into Honduras, yeah. it is no trivial landing. It isn't a trivial trip. It's an adventure. It is. Land and like people don't really understand how scary it is to land in Honduras in Tegucigalpa. It well, is uh, if just you if you've ever been on a roller coaster, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that may actually cost you your life. Yeah, the or only... the end of the roller coaster is like the, the edge of, a, of you know, a mountain. I've been going there 20 years. It was only three years ago then when they started to land, you know, to land. I stopped throwing my hands in the air and going, woo. I know. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so, anyway, so after this yeah. harrowing landing... Which is, yeah. is, I've heard, is this right? It's like the third most dangerous airport in the world or something like that? No, it's the second. Okay, yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, And then like you take this quick turn and there's like a, a statue of Jesus Christ and you're like, oh, I think we're going to need him today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, mean, yeah, you, you drop in and you hit the brakes. On the drop, you hit the brakes. And by the way, uh, I happen to be a, a friend of mine it was the pilot for American going into Tegucigalpa for 25 years. He only he retired two years ago. Wow. And uh, he had to be pretty good because I, I have to figure that they got the best guys on that one. No instruments. Yeah, it's all by going, feel. Yeah. All by feel. So I remember one day getting on the plane, not realizing that was his route. And I go, hey, what are you doing here? And he goes, I'm flying the plane. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I told you never to be on this that's, plane. That's what I said. But I trust him. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so this very yeah. harrowing landing. Yeah. And then and the drive through uh, to get from Tegucigalpa to Danli or the areas uh, where the tobacco is yeah. grown. Don Lee's like two hours, but we went we went into Jalapa. To Jalapa, okay, so, so yeah, we went into the Torres region where we are. I mean, it's just long. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not it's not trivial. Yeah, so we get in. You know, we're driving. I'm tired. Whatever. It's cool, but I'm with uh, we're like family, right? We're family yeah. there, so we're just hanging out. We're talking. And we're and talking then, about Ugo and, and, and the, correct. The, Alex your partners and, uh, in manufacturing. Correct. So, so we go down. We're you know whatever. We're talking and we're smoking. Obviously, we're on the way there. And we're just, we're trying to catch up. I'm like, why are we going to the fields now? Like, why don't we just get up at 5 a.m.? We'll take the trip. Yeah. Do three or four hours of what we need to do there. We head back. We still have time. But the fa- they're like, no, no, no. We're going. We're going now. So now it's like early evening. Right. And and so it's getting to that point. We finally get there. There's enough light for about 15, 20 minutes left, whatever. And and I'm looking, but I can see, like, the fields just look, you know, they're, it's dark, green, rich. It's sturdy. It's strong. You can see the winds are not blowing it around like it's a... You know, kind of a chintzy little leaf. I mean, it's strong, vibrant tobacco. So, okay, great. This is what you want to show me. They're like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, no, it it looks great. And then they're going, no, 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 no. So we go in, we go into the barns. And what they did was they took something from the first part, the first pine that they had pulled. And they did like a quick fermentation, you know, like very quickly just to show me what was going on. And not the full potential of the leaf, but just to give you an idea. Just to show me what was happening. And so, you know, normally when you take uh, the gabia, the, the the hands of the leaves, you put it your face in it, you see it in a million pictures of people doing that, knowing exactly what they're doing. But yeah. so they put it and they go, yeah, oh, great, it smells like tobacco, right? Well, as it should. But when you light it in the air, the aromatics change. They're not as concentrated. And they lit this up that we put fire to it. And the aromatics were amazing. I mean, it was like the sweetness and this richness. And I go, okay. Now I get why you wanted me to come tonight. You're we're, you're excited, and we started kind of joking. And we're now standing at the barns. It's dark already, and I'm looking. I'm, I'm like, this is magical, man. This is like some magical shit. This is really, this is something I haven't smelled in a long time on the aromatics. Yeah, this is going to be good. And they go, yeah. And we brought your bottle of Glenfiddich for you. They go, let's make a toast. And that was really like it was like just that so moment. This was not a product that you had thought of ahead of time or anything. There was no name. There was nothing. Exactly. There was no. This was so about was, the tobacco. It was born of this moment. Correct. And this was about the f- the future. Yeah. No, not about the moment. But we took that and captured that one moment of when I kind of jokingly goes this. You know, I go this is going to be mad. This is like magical. Just because the whole thing was you know very surreal. I was exhausted. Uh, you know, I could have used another word, but, but I didn't. <laughs> 
and uh, and we made a toast. We're like to our funeral, to the future, for the future of us together, for the future of the tobacco that we we have in front of us right now. You know, things are bright. It's kind of a magical toast that we're making to that, and it ended up yeah, boom, being magic toast. Name. And and because if you look, I mean, you're looking at the cigar you're smoking now. It's a rich, sturdy, strong tobacco. No, no doubt about and, it. I mean, and you can thick, uh... and you can really work it, and you can in fermentation. You know, like you could really get a lot of the flavor out of it, and so. That was the whole good deal, stuff, man. man. Good stuff. And uh, when uh, when you're on these trips uh, down to Honduras, you go a couple times a year. Uh, I am there six times a year, seven times a year. And now when I'm not there, you know, Eddie's well, that, that Eddie, was my... yeah, Eddie's with me. Ralph is there. Eddie's now on a regular basis. We hired somebody. Down Eddie, there. We're talking about Eddie Ortega. Eddie Ortega, like an, an industry veteran. Oh yeah. I mean, he's the first guy I ever met in the cigar business. No kidding. I didn't when, know this. We was in Miami at World Cigar. I wow. was thinking about getting in, and he's done and everything. Didn't scare you away? <laughs> well, he did, <laughs> he did, but I was—I had resolve. Yeah, <laughs> but now he's working I with love, me. We, I love Eddie. Is man. he the greatest? Seriously, yeah. you know, and think yeah, about the whole your your whole team. I mean, you've got—I mean, I know Eddie just recently, yeah, uh, into Alec Bradley, but you got George and you got Ralphie. These guys are veterans, and they're—I love those dudes. I mean, if you talk about just those guys, we have seventy years, seventy plus years of experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then my guy Mike, who was my friend and my neighbor, he moved yep. to Colorado, comes back. He's now part of the organization, and and everybody. Uh, one of our guys who was on the road, Jonathan, who was up in the Northeast, now he's inside. In the office, I yeah. mean, just man, we got to hire from within. We have really good. We have great, solid thinkers you know doers so and uh but then uh again now with alec and bradley on board yeah and they've launched their own new line yeah which is kind of in the portfolio but not it's their own thing yeah you you let them run right well let me let me just start by saying that again there was no pressure for them to come in but as a dad that you know i tell everybody they're like oh how'd you name the company alec bradley and your kids are in it i'm like well i bought a company named alec bradley and i named my kids after it <laughs> no <laughs> the other way around. yeah it is the other way around um yeah i mean i wanted them to feel some of the same pressures i felt when i was starting you know i used to go out on a four-day road trip five-day road trip to some city i'd see 20 accounts you get 18 yeah. 19 rejections so, you know, yeah, no you one knew who i was to just be like uh, the owner's son they had, they had a couple Sons. of, the main choice they had to make was this, right? Either you're Alan's kids or you're Alec and Bradley. Yeah. You're your own identity. What do you, and I said, what do you want to do? So I said, earn your, you know, if you earn your own credibility, you have a chance to be, to be successful in this industry. But I mean, you got to pay your dues. You got to go do it. Yeah. So and, they created this Alec and Bradley uh, brand, which is A and B. A and B. And then they've, so the first release is this Blind Faith. Yeah. Right. Which is a great name. By the way, also a, a band, a yeah, Clapton yeah. band. So I love the I love the reference. Yeah, uh, and so they did three thousand boxes. You said initially. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I basically said to them, they've been down to the factories a lot. They have blended a lot. They have both smoked since they were of legal age, and so and they smoke everything. Like they were not. I told them you go to a cigar store anywhere in the, in the country, wherever you're doing. You have to buy other people's products so you can season your palate. You know, no sommelier ever drank one wine and goes, I'm an expert, right? So they, they, they smoked everything. They had ideas of what they wanted. They had to figure out also how to get along in certain things. They're brothers first, right? Yeah. But how do you, you're not going to agree on everything. You know, even to the point that Alec called me one day, he's like, Dad, we're just not agreeing. I'm like, great. He goes, no, no. I said, we're not agreeing. 
And I said, yeah, great. (laughs) I don't want you to agree on everything. I want you to challenge each other to be better, to do better, to find the common ground. And man, I have to tell you, they came to me and said, dad, you know, this is the blend we want. This is what we worked on. Uh, This is what we want to launch. And uh, what do you think? And I said, well, I'll smoke it through. And, And then they came back and they were like, so? And I said, you know, I'm not sure. You know, what do you guys think? Explain to me why this represents you, why this speaks to you. And they did. And I'm like, I actually love it. I just didn't want you. I wanted you to be able to, I wanted to really know, was this like in your heart? Does this speak to you? And I go, I love the blend. As a matter of fact, I love it so much that if you don't use it, I'm going to take it. And they're like, okay, (laughs) good enough. We're in. This is where we were. You know, we weren't wavering. All the artwork speaks to them. It's just their thing, man. And, uh. Well, I haven't smoked it yet, but uh, you'll but you'll get you'll get a couple samples before yeah before we're done. And but they they got on the phone prior to the show, and they started calling all the relationships that they had, had over the the last thirty six months, whatever that Alec was in and Bradley in the last year, and said, "Would you know? Would you give it a shot?" And I think they've sold out to production either prior to coming in. They left some open, obviously, because people said, "I'll see you at the show." Yeah, type of thing. But I I think they sold out to production. So and it's not a lot three thousand boxes. Yeah. But other than other, if I gave them more than those rollers and I let them pick the rollers that they wanted, but if I gave them more than that, my production was, was going to suffer. suffer. Yeah, of course. Right, and I'm older. <laughs> and I'm, so, uh, <laughs> so speaking of older, what you, are we... Can uh, you just get off... I mean, my leg is numb. <laughs> can you just get off my lap? It's not, you're not what you used to be, man. We used to be able to do these. It's, it's not the point. You're not as thin as you used to be either. Sure. <laughs> No, but so give me some, uh, give me some, now that uh, we've reached a new level here. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing on weekends? You know, we used to talk all the time. Yes. Right. We used to get together multiple times a year, but I, I'm not up to date on what, what Alan is up to outside of cigars. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because I honestly have such a good, you know, good group of people that I work with that it's, it has yeah, you don't do shit anymore. If you ask them, I never did. Okay. <laughs> so let's keep that between us. And you're 9 million listeners. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to play a little more golf. I'm trying to do a little more exercise. Uh, I, I just figured if I, you know, if I couldn't move in my, in my 40s, I better start moving now. You know, I need to get more flexible. You know, do those things to that. Well, you, played, you played football when you yeah. were younger. Yeah. Right? I, so that, that, that starts to catch up. Yeah, it caught up. Yeah. It, it didn't. It used to catch earlier. up. No, it caught up. It's up. <laughs> You know, I you know, played softball for competitively for almost 25 years. Yeah. And there's just a lot of injuries that I deal with. So I actually doing a lot more stretching and, and you know, just just trying to have some balance. Yeah. Uh, because it was it was work continuously and I still can't shut my mind off. But I will take the time. I mean, there's times like I go on vacation. I'm going for a walk for a five mile hike or whatever it is. I'm still on the brand. I'm still on what can we do better. I'm still taking pictures in in grocery stores if i see a packaging like like hey this is cool i kind of like the way they did that so that never turns off but i do have some balance going on now my wife has has been just you know she's pushed me to say hey we've got to do some other things you can't just be so focused now the boys are there so we're trying to do a little bit of traveling and chill out spend more time good so give me give me a you know favorite destination in the in the last couple years what have you done that has been just like someone needs to do this um we just went to uh, we just went to Israel. Oh, wow. I'd never been there before. Uh, just most spectacular place. You just, I mean, in Tel Aviv, I tell you, there's there's there as much of a party city as anywhere in the world. Um, 
crazy. Oh, I never thought that. Yeah, and if you if but if you're there for two days, you're like, I come. When am I planning my next trip back? No kidding. The bar scene, the just the whole thing. It's literally South Beach on steroids. Without the beach. Oh no, there's a beach. Because remember. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and I mean it's. Yeah, uh, yeah, but so that was so that was a great destination recently, and also I go out to Colorado quite a bit because I get healthy out there. Yeah, you know I'll walk in I'll walk in from where I stay, to into town, three three and a half miles, have a cup of coffee, do my emails, read the paper, and walk back. I didn't exercise; I just walked six seven miles, kind of thing, yep. and I just feel like I, I get healthy out there. Cool. So. And then uh, what about on the alcohol side, on the less healthy side? You're still on on Glenfiddich. Well, I think if, if you're going to talk about one of my favorite products as an unhealthy product, I think you and I are going to go. We're going to drop the mics in two seconds. That's it happens right. to be that part of my health is being able to relax and enjoy life, right? Yeah. And with a cigar, you know, with some stuff we're doing and, and Glenn Fittick, man, they're still, they're still my, our family. Yeah. Um, and they take good care of me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I mean, I see it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to find room for more bottles that they keep sending, but. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I drink, I drink Glenfiddich, and I don't drink a lot, but I, I like to enjoy whiskey, and I like to enjoy cigars and time. So give me one pairing of a, of an Alec Bradley product with a with a one of the expressions of Glenfiddich that you think is again you need to do this. I will give you two favorites, and one of them I just discovered like three months ago, and they've been our partners for five six years. Okay, my favorite go to go to is Glenfiddich fifteen. And Prensato. They just balance. It's just like, you know, one movement is spectacular. Okay? That's so, my go-to. Uh, you know, when you're talking about pairings, uh, we always look at them on our side as mm-hmm. as uh, a pairing of like like flavors and intensities or a... Or a We're or very a, similar. Yeah. We're no, very, the way we, we've always analyzed things yeah, similarly, though. Yeah. I mean, going way back, every every time we get to these conversations, yeah. we, we think very similarly. Uh, and then there's there's pairings of, of contradicting or contrasting yeah. Flavors and intensities. So I call I call that the ping pong effect. Like, okay, I'm gonna have my cigar, I'm gonna have my whiskey. Yep. And I don't believe in that. It doesn't work for me, and it doesn't work for actually from for Glenfiddich. They like what we're doing. So what happens is we look at the nose, we look at the sweetness, and we look have, at the finish. You have such a nose to look at though. And you know what? <laughs> and I, I I see the tinkle in your eye. I mean twinkle in your eye. <laughs> when you look at me Stop it. Get back on my lap, and uh, <laughs> um, but we you know we we look at the nose, we look at the texture, we look we look at how how viscous it is, and the textural component from the cigar, and we want to ride this wave, this kind of I want my cigar, can't wait to have my whiskey, can't wait to have my cigar, can't wait to have my whiskey, and this flow, and it's just a continuous flow of kind of goodness that yep. it goes all the way through, and we've worked really hard with Glenn Fittick and William Grant to create those pairings, so that's my go-to. I just recently discovered one that was mind-blowing. Um, I was doing a charity event out in Houston, and we, able to, we were able to get a bottle of Glenfiddich 30-year-old. Oof. And I happened to have, I brought fine and rares because we were raising money for a children's charity. Okay. And they had one night to raise $30,000. And they said, Alan, if you come out, we'll do the whiskey cigars. My guys will come out, and they'll support it. So I, I said, I can't, you know, I can't say no to that. It was a good cause. So thank God you weren't a chick because you never or you've never been able to say no. Yeah, it's a real issue <laughs> to this day. And um, so we go out. There's a lot of people around. 
Uh, we were watching one of the NBA playoff games. Oh, the, the Rockets yeah, were in it, yeah. and where where everything's going on. And I took one second, and I and I sip on this thirty year old Glenfiddich, and I'm smoking a fine and rare. And everyone disappeared. The whole place, you know, we're sitting outside the back of this kind of country club. Everyone was there, and there was a silent moment of this is this is exactly what life is supposed to be. Yeah. And I actually texted the brand manager for Glenfiddich and said, I just had 30-year-old and a fine and rare. I'm having it right now. It's a moment in life you shouldn't miss. Beautiful. That's what I texted him. Like, it was just that powerful of there was nowhere else in the world I would have rather have been at that moment. So it was really cool. So now, that's my uh, new favorite. Unfortunately, fine and rares yeah. are rare. Yeah, and uh, fine. So where, where is that at, like, in terms of... Can, can anyone still find this? Because uh, I, I mean, have a couple in my office, but I'm not sharing them. Yeah. Especially I, after this story. I, I wouldn't. Um, we, you know, we only do 2,500 boxes. Like this year, last year, 2,000. This year, 2,500. Because with the international, you know, distribution that we have right now and, and, and the growth uh, all over Europe and Asia, they're, at, I mean, we had our, one of our Asian distributors asked me for 500 boxes. I said, sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's just, it can't happen. Because we only have a pair of rollers that, that roll this. So I can't tax them anymore. But we started earlier, getting out to this year's release. So we were able to do 2500 instead of $2,000. Um, yeah, man. I mean, But it's okay. So people, I mean, they, they are rare, but you can still get them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they whatever. If somebody has them on the show. Oh, yeah, by the way, the two that I have are from the original. No way. Yeah. So uh, Back when you used to love me more. <laughs> I, me love you long time. And I, and, I, and I feel that sentiment right now, uh, again, on my lap. So I would say that if you want, like when you have time, because I know you're not busy, you don't do a damn thing, so that if you want to come to my office, I'll have the 30-year-old Glenfiddich there, and we'll smoke a fine rare and drink some whiskey together. Let's do it. Done. Uh, and just chill together and kind of catch up about the families. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. That'd be cool. Thank you, man. Thank you again. And uh, I am going to hold you to this. As you should. I, and I just want to say on a personal note, you know, Whiskey ages well, and you, my friend, have aged well. Ooh. And no, no, no. And for sixty-three, you look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, love you, my brother. I love you, babe. Really do. All thank right, you thank for you. everything. No. And thanks for all the support. You know, oh, I man, greatly appreciate it. No, man, really. All right, bro. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks to Alan for taking the time to do that interview. As always, thanks to you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Rate and review us while you're there. You can also find episodes of the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Share this episode with friends and fellow smokers who you think might be interested in all of this stuff that is going on with Alec Bradley. Normally, our podcasting schedule calls for two episodes a week, one interview episode and one in which members of the Cigar Snob team chat about whatever's on our minds and smoke together. Uh, some of that schedule is a little bit different lately. We had a trade show in July, and we are still working through interview audio. We'll be updating this podcast with new episodes uh, at a slightly different clip. So go to past episodes for interviews with humidor maker Daniel Marshall, Viaje Cigars founder Andre Farkas, Oscar Valladares, uh, and also stay tuned for interviews with Willie Herrera from Drew Estate, Jeff Borschwicks of FSG and Corona Cigar, and last but not least, NBA legend Carl the Mailman Malone, who uh, debuted Barrel Aged by Carl Malone, a cigar that he's having made 
by La Aurora in the Dominican Republic. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Cigar Snob Mag. Finally, make sure to send any feedback, questions, or comments to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. We might just respond to you here on the podcast or in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Nick Jimenez, and this is the Cigar Snob Podcast. Mm-hmm.